You're listening to BG Mania for May 16th, 2018. If you're interested in hearing about our E3 2018 coverage, stick around after the final song. There'll be details included for all of our coverage planned in less than a month. On with the show. Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. What's up, guys? Before we get into the excellent music we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office studio or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, which stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box on all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support dude this might be my favorite episode we've done yet after looking at the lineup we have in store for the show today what a great idea you came up with for this one this this might be my favorite done show we've done yet so we're going to be looking at launch titles spread out across the ether of video game consoles so as far back as we want to go up to current modern day with the Switch being the most recent one to release. I don't think we have any Switch games on the list though today. We actually, there were some surprising absences after we both uh, submitted our tracks. No GameCube, no Xbox original, couple handhelds missing from the list. It it was kind of interesting to see what what we picked and what we didn't pick. But I will say we made it a point to obviously not pick from the same game. Like there's 16 different games on the show today and 16 different platforms. Neither of us picked from the same platform more than once. So the opening track you heard was my first pick. And that'll be the only time you hear SNES on the show today. The Super Nintendo, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, Super Nintendo, one of my favorite systems of all the times. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite systems, too. Uh, obviously, the track was Big Blue by F-Zero, a classic. I mean, I think everyone freaking knows that track, dude. Literally everyone knows that track. It's a classic. Falcon Punch! Exactly, dude. Um, 
Let's talk logistics about each console and about the games, though. So the Super Nintendo released on August 23rd, 1991, which makes F-Zero also released on the same day. Because, again, every game had to launch day and date with their platform for it to qualify for the show today. So SNES launched on August 23rd, 1991. F-Zero in particular... F-Zero in particular was composed by two people, Yamuki Kanki and Naoto Ishida. Yamuki Kanki was a sound designer working at Nintendo. She worked mostly during the SNES era, so at the heyday of the F-Zero game, on titles like F-Zero and Star Fox. Um, But she actually was the composer for, interestingly enough, Star Fox 2, which we wouldn't see here until the SNES Classic. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. But other than that, she worked on Super Scope 6, uh, Tetris and Dr. Mario, and Special T-Shot. She didn't have very many games under her belt while she was at Nintendo, and she wasn't there long. She was not there long. The other composer, Naoto Ushida, he used to work for Nintendo's R&D 2 department. Um, He mainly did sound design for some hardware like the Satellaview system, but he also provided music for the soundtrack of some of the F-Zero games. So his production history was F-Zero on the SNES, Super Game Boy, he did some stuff on that, uh, the actual sound design, not actual like, composition, but sound design for the Super Game Boy, sound design for the Satellaview, and music for F-Zero Maximum Velocity in 2001, which was the release on the GBA. Nice. Yep. So the two composers for this game, that you think about it, didn't really do much else at Nintendo, which is kind of crazy because the soundtrack is epic. Yeah, with the chops they have, you'd think. The soundtrack was epic. Um, definitely one of my favorite soundtracks from the SNES, and not the not the last time you will hear from F-Zero. It's, this might be the first time we played F-Zero SNES, though, on the show. I think so. I think it is. Obviously, we played something from the GameCube version. We played something from GX, but we've yeah. not played anything from the SNES version of F-Zero, so kind of crazy. I know for sure that my next pick is something that a system we've never picked from, is a right? game we've never picked from, uh, and I want to preface this first okay. with a quick apology. Okay. I promised you guys I was going to find something from the Engage. You did. And I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I couldn't find anything worth your listening pleasure. Are you trying to say that you lied last week and you failed us? However, I did you one better. Than the Engage. Because I found something worse than the Engage. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to start off something bad. Ladies and gentlemen, this is from the Gizmondo. What's a Gizmondo? Oh boy, do you, oh, we'll talk no, about that when we come I know, back. I, I know what it is, but that's what everyone's <laughs> asking the, right now. What is a Gizmondo? This is the titular theme to the epic video game, Sticky Balls. 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 S
And that was the Sticky Balls theme from Sticky Balls from the Gizmondo. Dude, that track sucked. That was bad. That was funny, but it was like, what, what was that? Okay, so quick little lesson. Uh, so the Gizmondo uh-huh. uh, launched October 22nd, 2005 here in the U.S. Okay, March there, there was, 19th in the U.K., right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Two versions came out. Okay, there was a $400 unit. $400? Yes, a $400 unit. It's a handheld that came out without smart ads. So it was, it was an advertisement-free version. Or it was a 229 version that actually had smart ads enabled, so uh, you would actually you know, be advertised to during your game. Okay, this was the era before smartphones were a thing. Yes. Uh, and this game, this system, you can tell why it didn't last, was only available during kiosks like at the mall. Okay. Uh, only eight of the 14 games were ever released in the U.S. There was supposed to be like a co-pilot GPS thing. And okay. Never, never actually transpired. And believe it or not, this was the answer. This was their answer to the end gauge. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was just, it was just absolute garbage. Uh, like I said, they, they, I, I don't even think they sold any copies of this thing. It was like, Probably like not. Less than, <laughs> less than 25,000, according to Wikipedia that I'm looking at right here. Uh, but it's and just, what's crazy, it's... dude, this was on the market for literally four months. Because it, it launched in North America October of 2005, right? Yes. And then it was discontinued February 2006. Um, I remember seeing an ad for this in Nintendo Power. I only reason I know this is because I worked at GameStop at the time. Yeah, so you'd have to. Uh, it was it was absolute garbage. Um, as the, the song itself, the Sticky Balls theme. It's not bad. It, I mean, it's okay, but it's not sorry. something I'd listen to. The composer is the Gizmondo programming team. They just got a bunch of people in the room to get it together. Balls. <laughs> but yeah, smart, smart ads doomed it from Jump Street. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it sucked uh, didn't exactly help. Right. But you know, it was it was an ambitious system. They wanted to have like built in like TV out support, like Wi-Fi, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a two megapixel camera. Like all these things, it was it was pretty much a mobile phone. And it was, it was ambitious. Before but, mobile phones were a thing, yeah. Before Apple came and dominated the market. But it was just garbage. Rightfully it's so. Absolutely garbage. Apple put the I, stupid Gizmondo and the Engage in their place. Yeah, uh, I actually remember uh, there was a launch party for this. And Until they had, the like, zoo. a bunch of celebrities. Until the zoo. It's <laughs> true that. There was, there was a launch party for this that was advertised on TV. It like, had, like, celebrities, like, busted rhymes, playing the Gizmondo. And, no, like, Coolio? What the hell? Coolio was not invited. That's why you failed, okay? You need to have, like, the reason that BG Mania does so well is because we are endorsed by Coolio. In fact, in 2007, mm-hmm. our friends over at Game Trailers. Hey, named shout, this, shout out to Brandon Jones, Kyle Bossman, all them, Daniel Bloodworth. They, they named this the worst console of all time. <laughs> I wish they were our friends, man. I would love to work with them in some capacity. Like, I, I, Easy Allies, obviously, everyone knows BG Mania is inspired by the Supermercado Brothers. They're my inspiration to do a, a video game music podcast. Shout out to, shout out to them. Uh, there are reason in this life, there are inspiration. You're the reason in my life. Okay, we're singing Chicago now. Interesting. Um... That's who that is, right? That's who that is, right? Of course it is. Okay. Um, you will respect Peter Cetera and everything he's ever done, Brian. <laughs> or I will walk up this show right now. That's fine. That'd, that'd probably be a blessing oh, in disguise. Oh, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Blessing in disguise. You go to hell, Brian. You go to hell and you die, Brian. Blessing in disguise. Um, no, Marcado Brothers, my inspiration for BG Mania. Easy Allies slash Game Trailers. Obviously, Game Trailers when they shuttered and came Easy Allies in 2016. They're my inspiration for Level Down Games. They are. 
Like I, when I saw what they could do on their own without a big backer, I thought, okay, that seems cool. I want to do that too. So they're, they're the whole reason Level Down Games exists. They're the reason the Maxwell Podcast exists. Uh, they're the reason that, you know, revisiting the classics exists. Our YouTube channel exists. Our reviews are the way done the way that they are. Uh, they are. They are huge inspirations to me. I would love to meet those guys and work with them in some capacity. I don't really know what the inspiration is behind Glow. We just kind of started out on a whim. I don't think there is an inspiration behind Glow. We're just two crazy guys. <laughs> two crazy, well, one, two, two crazy oh, guys, and then we picked up a crazy girl. <laughs> oh, yes. She's the craziest of them all. Craziest and, and, crazy is an understatement. Of, she's the craziest of them all. And one of us wears a, a luchador mask. So crazy, crazy is an understatement. But no, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, did you want to say anything else about the Gizmondo? Uh, I do believe that if you uh, take a Gizmondo and you place it in a circle under the full moon, you can actually summon uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the spirits of, of crappy games past. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, th 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 thankfully, it, it died a painful, horrible death, and we'll never hear from the Gizmondo ever again. Never again. Let's move on to a console that you and I are both very fond of, and that's the Sega Genesis. I want to take a look at a launch game on there that is... One of the reasons I felt like owning a Sega Genesis was a necessity back in the early 90s, and that's Ghouls and Ghosts. So let's take a listen to Level 2, The Village of Decay and Destruction. <laughs> Level 2, The Village of Decay and Destruction from Ghouls and Ghosts on the Sega Genesis. The Sega Genesis released on August 14th in 1989. What I noticed when putting this episode together, August used to be the release month for consoles. 
like back in back in the day, obviously the SNES I talked about beforehand was August 23rd. The Sega Genesis is August 14th, 1989. And that's not going to be the last time you hear August. I've, I have one other console in August. And according to your list, I know of, there's at least two more Augusts as well, or at least one more August as well. But um, August used to be a popular month to release consoles. In, and we kind of talked about it before we got started. I guess it makes sense, too. It does, you know, if something comes out in August, you get to build a little bit of buzz mm-hmm. and it kind of leads you into the whole, you know, in November, December holiday season. So mm-hmm. for that reason, September is also very popular. I have three September consoles on my list and you have two, one or two. Well, even the Gizmondo was October. So like I said, going right. t- towards the end of the year, August, September, ma- October seems to be the popular months. It makes it makes sense. You want to get it out before Black Friday, before November. This way. Yeah, I will. I, I, I will I, say I, nowadays, I though, month. nowadays, though, November is the is the date for consoles. You see the PS4 launching like November 15th. You see, you know, the Xbox one launching a week before on like November 8th or something. Which is crazy because like it's a giving them a little bit of exclusivity Not- for, for the for the early adopter. Yeah. To kind of get the word out there. It makes mm-hmm. more sense. But and then you have the Switch, which totally goes against the norms and releases early March. March. So, which is traditionally when handhelds launched. Handhelds typically launch in the spring. So, uh, kind of weird. But uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, let's talk about that track for a second. So, Ghouls and Ghosts was composed by Tameo Kawamoto. Tameya Kawamoto, she was basically a composer at Capcom. She's got quite a few games under her name, but nothing... Nothing huge. I mean, obviously, besides Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, she was mostly known in for Capcom in like the mid 80s to 1989, I think is her. No, she has one one credit in 2001 for Maximo Ghost to Glory, which is part of the Ghouls and Ghosts series. So let's just kind of go through her her credits of note here. She was the sound and music designer for an Avengers game in 1987. I don't know if it's that Avengers or just Avengers in name, but 1987 Avengers. Uh, she did the music for Section Z on the NES. She did the music for Black Tiger, Tiger Road, 1943 Kai, Forgotten Worlds, Last Duel, Legendary Wings, Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, Buster Bros, and that Maximo we already just said. Alright, for my next pick, I'm going to one of my favorite people of all time, and that's Nintendo. Mm, lots their, of Nintendo on the lots of Nintendo on the show today, I think. Lots of Nintendo here. This may be this is actually their second lowest selling platform. Okay. And I have a funny little story we'll tell you when we come back from the song. This is Tolero Boxer from the Virtual Boy. This is Spokong.
And that was Spokane from the game Tolero Boxer on the Virtual Boy. I wasn't expecting to like that. That's actually not bad. I listened to a lot of Virtual Boy music before I came up with something that was decent to listen to. I like that you uh, kind of tried to go obscure with your picks. I mean, Virtual Boy wasn't too hard to pick from because they only came out whatever, 22 games. Right. It was a short thing. Uh, this came out August 16th, 1995 in the States. Yep. Um, I actually never owned the Virtual Boy, which many of you haven't because it was a heaping load of garbage. <laughs> sure. But I have somewhat played and broken a Virtual Boy. <laughs> oh, okay. What happened there? So I was with my parents and we were out at a local electronics store. Oh my God, you broke it in a store? It, the store is called PC Richards. Okay. Um, so 95 would make me a... This time, thirteen-year-old kid. Twenty-five, uh, right? Twenty-five. So I'd be thirteen, <laughs> uh, and I'm looking through the store, and I see a virtual boy set up, like right by the front door. Okay. And it's, it's there to be, to be played. I was like, awesome, let's play this thing. Um, and I was playing some game with Wario. I just remember having to throw a ball, like something across. I don't remember. I can't remember exactly what the game was. I, just, I know it was Wario or Mario, and. For one, it's disorienting, okay? So mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't be too angry at me. I'm disorienting. I knocked the bad boy over. And it cracked and it broke. And me being the good, upstanding citizen that I am, promptly got my parents and said, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> to which my father goes, what? I go, Dad, trust me, we got to get the hell out of here now. Mm -hmm. And he, in one fluid motion, my father got everybody, all, all of us together. Boom, right out that door. Once we got to the car, he's like, what did you do? <laughs> Which I respect my father for just listening to me and getting us out of there. Before, what did you do? Oh, I broke the thing. And he goes, how much does it cost? So I go, oh, about 200 and something dollars. He goes, okay, we got a cow. So yes, thanks dad for uh, for believing in me. Yeah. And, and, for, and for not punishing me for doing something stupid for once. So, uh, so what exactly did you break on it? The whole thing. Uh, it was oh, on a okay. stand. It was, it was on a stand. Okay. A big stand, and it fell over. So the entire like thing, and you you wouldn't think that. Usually, Nintendo products are made pretty strong. Yeah, the original you know, was not though. Nintendo, Nintendium, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. Oh, but that bad boy fell hard. I don't know. I don't know if I have some kind of secret Hulk strength that made the thing go, but it's shattered. Uh, and no one and noticed. That's the crazy thing. There are security guards standing around there, but no, and there's cameras. Yeah. And it's, 90, it's, it's 95. It's not like we're living, you know, before cold circuit television. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the but the quick thinking actions of a 13 year old lad, mm -hmm. and his pluck and, and his plucky and eager to get the hell out of their father, mm -hmm. saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, Tolero Boxer, like I said, one of the 22 games to come out. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd be hard pressed to find some good music for this system, unfortunately. But, I, didn't, uh, I actually didn't even realize that the Virtual Boy had decent music. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, it's, it's, just, it's just too damn expensive. I can't, it's, it's, I can't it's, imagine there being too many other gems out there like this track. This track's not bad. This, this I, game failed. Oh, the whole system failed just because of it, course was it, too expensive. It, it was expensive. It was gimmicky. No one wants to play in red and black. Right. Unless you're the wolf pack, okay? And don't turn your back on the wolf pack. You might end up in a body bag. That's right. Too sweet me. Too sweet me, brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Uh, one last little thing. Yeah, I want yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just skip over the uh, the composer. Oh yeah, you didn't do the composer yet. Who's the composer? Wait, that? This that, is little a music gem. that little gem. So th this was composed by Katsuya Yamano. Okay. Uh, he he's one of the. Uh, this is the only game he's ever composed, but he's one of the main programmers between two of the games that I love the most in this world, Wario Land. Okay. The whole series, and this series called Met Met Metroid. 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 Okay. Metroid. So yeah, mm -hmm. so the father of Metroid composed this. How cool. about that? That's probably why it's good then. <laughs> That's there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably why it's good. Probably why it's good. Okay, I am gonna stick with Sega for a minute. I obviously just played a track from the Genesis. Let's take you to the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn. Yeah, Sega Saturn. Yes. I briefly owned a Saturn. I no longer still do, but I briefly owned a Saturn because I really fell in love with it for one particular game, and that was Panzer Dragoon. So let's take a listen to the main title from Panzer Dragoon.
And that was the main title from Panzer Dragoon on the Sega Saturn. The Sega Saturn released May 11th, 1995, a May release for the console. What's interesting about the Sega Saturn, obviously, the, the sound chip that it used was the Yamaha YMF-292, which, in my opinion, it's not a terrible sound chip. I mean, we're now in the realm with the Sega Saturn. We're in the realm of CD-based games. So that right there, it's not a bad track. I really like that track. And like I said, that was one of the only reasons I wanted to own a Sega Saturn. The Sega Saturn... Man, it wasn't around that often. Uh, you know, it released on May 11th, 1995 here in North America. It was discontinued in 1998, so it didn't even make it three years. Oh, that's Sega's own fault there. No, it is. It is. But they killed it in preparation for the Dreamcast. Um, yeah, but they, they, they stacked the Saturn, the 32X, mm-hmm. and the Dreamcast and all on top of each other. Not only that, but also the Sega CD. It's, exactly. You, know, so you can't do all that at once. You can't oversaturate your own market. Yeah, it was they like they I don't know why they put out so much stuff when they did. I really wanted the Saturn to do well because I liked the look of the Saturn. I thought it was a great console. I had fun with it when I had it. But the reason that I only owned it for like four months is because reports started coming out after, you know, like late because I didn't get the game right away. Um, I didn't get the Saturn and, and Panzer Dragoon right away. I think I got it like late 95. Uh, it wasn't even for Christmas. I, I just got it on a whim because I think I saw it somewhere for like an extremely discounted price. Uh, asked my mom to get it for me and she picked it up. So man, I can't remember how much, but it was, it was like I said, it was severely discounted because I think they were already starting to realize that these weren't going to last for very long. Um, you know what, uh, guys, if you want to read a good book about why this, why it failed, mm-hmm. uh, Console Wars by Blake Harris. Yeah. Uh, I've read it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh it's freaking awesome. There's a whole crazy story about why Sega went down the freaking tubes. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like I said, it's just unfortunate because I thought the Sega Saturn had a lot of potential. Um, but and when I picked it up, I was still excited for it. I got this. I played the crap out of Panther Dragoon, but then I sold it like spring of two, of 1996 because nothing was announced for it. Games were getting canceled. You started not seeing them in stores, which meant that they weren't really in production that much. The, the system itself only sold 9.26 million in the three years that it was out. You look at the Switch, which did 18 million its first year. Um, and that's pretty telling in and of itself. But I got rid of this because obviously the Nintendo 64 was coming in 96. I was about to get a PlayStation 1. I, I mean, I just, I, and I knew that. So there just really wasn't room in my house for a Sega Saturn. So I, I sold it. I sold it to a friend. Um, and for about the same price that my mom picked it up for. And then I just gave the money back to my mom. Yeah. So I, I, got, I basically got to try out a Sega Saturn for four months for free, uh, which which is pretty cool. I don't know what my friend did with it. He's probably mad that he bought it off me, but whatever. Damn um, that, Brian. Damn that. That's what they always say. That's what they always say. Uh, the composer for Panzer Dragoon, though, was Yoshitaki Azuma. Yoshitaki Azuma is mostly known as the composer to the Panzer Dragoon series. Um, he's done a few other things. He composed Tokyo Dungeon in 1995. Uh, he did Sega Power Cuts in 96. Other than that, he just did Panzer Dragoon. I, I think it's worth mentioning that he passed away. Rest in peace, Yoshi. Yeah, he, he passed away in 2012. Um, from, unfortunately, from pneumonia. And he was only in his 60s. Always sad to hear someone go. Yeah, always, always sad. Especially a composer. Like I said, that track is legendary. So It's awesome. That was epic. Yeah, that, la- that track is legendary. So he was he was a great Japanese composer um, for his time. And I'm going to give you another great Japanese composer here in a little bit. This is a game that I picked up at launch. I don't know why I picked up at launch, but I picked up at launch. From the Nintendo 3DS. Oh, this my is- God. <laughs> 
This is Nintendo Dogs and Cats. This is called Let's Go for a Walk During the Daytime. And that was Nintendo Dogs and Cats. Uh, let's go for a walk. The daytime version. I think it's hilarious you picked this game up at launch. You know what? The 3DS launch was pretty crap. I'm, that's why I'm actually going to say I'm surprised you bought a 3DS at launch. I did not. I actually traded in my regular DS. Mm -hmm. 3DS. Did you? But you kept. I'm, I'm hoping you kept your DS games. Okay, I was gonna say if you if you didn't, then you literally just had Nintendo Dogs and Cats to play for like a few months. Now, did you did you get into the Ambassador program because of how bad it sucked? I got no, I got an Ambassador program because I got I was an early adopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one of one of my other friends, Thomas, did as well because he bought a 3DS when it came out. I refused to. I didn't buy a 3DS till like year number two. I picked up another game. I'm just looking at this. Uh, at I picked this game up and I picked up Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition. Okay. Which. Uh, I got them both at the Nintendo store, so um, it just so happened that when this came out, uh, I was visiting New York. I was living in Colorado at the time. Mm -hmm. My friend's like, hey, dude, uh, you're in New York. Want to go to the Nintendo store? Uh, to which I responded, uh, is that even a question? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we went, to, we went to Nintendo World and I went ahead and got these games. Uh, they both suck. Yeah. Both absolutely suck. Uh, sure do. 
But this, this game was uh, composed by Asuka Hayazaki. Okay. Uh, she composed a lot of games uh, for Nintendo. She's in-house. Uh, she did a lot of the Mario titles and the Del- uh, Legend of Zelda titles. She did Mario Kart Wii, Zelda Four Stars Adventures. And she's, she, she composes and contributes to a lot of in-house stuff. Sounded very Animal Crossing. Would not surprise me if she was in there somehow. Maybe it was background. Maybe working in the sound department. Maybe. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely felt like it was inspired by, or at least um, had some type of ties to Animal Crossing. It definitely did. But yeah, this game is not very good. Uh, for the uninitiated, you get to train a kitty and a puppy. Kitty and a puppy. I only bought it because I needed to have a game, and it was the cheapest one there. I don't think I would have actually bought a 3DS at launch. I don't think I would have made that choice. I didn't make that choice. <laughs> can't, yeah. believe, can't believe you did. Well, I was a dumb. You are always a dumb. You are always a dumb. But I want to go to an interesting game here with an interesting story behind it. Okay. But I do know you're going to like this one. I know for a fact. So we're going to take a look at the TurboGrafx-16 and a little game, a little game called Fighting Street. We're going to take a listen to the theme of Eagle. was the theme of Eagle from a weird little game called Fighting Street. Fighting Street? That sounds vaguely familiar. Fighting Street. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's a play on Street Fighter, and that's because it is. (laughs) Uh, Fighting Street is a port that was released for the TurboGrafx console here in in North America. Uh, The game is Street Fighter 1. That's legit what it is. It's Street Fighter 1. For whatever reason, they could not release it under the name Street Fighter on the TurboGrafx. But I love that track. I absolutely love that track. That's my favorite track from Street Fighter 1, the theme of Eagle. That was composed by Yoshihiro Sakaguchi, who used to work at Capcom and literally only composed two games, Street Fighter 1 and Final Fight 1. The only two games he ever composed for Capcom. Okay, well, two good games. Yep. Oh, and I I do think it's worth mentioning TurboGrafx-16 released August 29th, 1989. August? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) <laughs> all right well here's a here's a little system that i play the hell out of still to this day okay uh and a game that i actually really really enjoyed this, this is going to be from the playstation portable Ooh, the, song good system. Is called, 
Uh, the game is Luminous, and the track is called Automobile Industry. That was the automobile industry from Luminous on the PlayStation Portable. That's a groovy track, dude. I like that. That's a groovy track. It's pr- pr- pretty funky. And then this mm-hmm. came out uh, March 24th, 2005. Yeah. A uh, little fun fact. This is actually a pretty cool story. Uh, everyone, there was four PSPs in my family. Wow, you guys must have loved that crap out of that PSP. Not a single one of us paid for it. <laughs> really? We won them all. You stole them all. No, no, no. This is pretty cool. So, <laughs> I had entered an online contest uh, to, for, to win a PSP. And it was a PSP and a game of your choice. Okay. I, I cannot remember what game I played. I think it actually probably was Luminous, to be quite honest. Uh, being as a launch title. And I won. Okay. And I got the, and I got the shipping notification. Just out, just, out of, just out of pure luck, you won? It was pure dumb happenstance. It would just throw your email out. Okay. And so I, so I put my email out there. Now, trip be told, I'm not going to lie, I had a lot of email addresses at that time. Uh, I flooded the hell out of this contest. Okay. But I won. And they shipped me a PSP. How many uh, How many email addresses would you say you entered with? 30, 40, okay. maybe more. So not, not like a couple hundred, but... No, 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 I didn't have that kind of time. Oh, I did, I was still entering like a madman. Um, <laughs> so they shipped me the PSP. Mm-hmm. And it was broken. Okay. So I told them, you know, uh, send me a broken PSP. They go, okay, send it back, and we'll send you a new one, mm-hmm. which is cool. And they shipped it back to me like three days later, like a brand new one. Okay. And then the next day, I get two more, two more boxes. I'm okay. Like, the hell is this? And they were both PSPs. And I was like, okay. Okay. So. What am I gonna do with more than one? I I had two sisters living but at home. Did, at the was there a reason why they sent you more than one, or did you not? No. Or was this just an I accident? It, it could have been an accident, I guess. That, okay. that or I want to. So I got one. I gave one to my youngest sister. I gave one to the sister in the middle. Nicole didn't get one, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, though, okay. there's four PSPs in my family. Yeah. 
my mother on television they had a contest uh, for I believe it was the CW or the UPN whatever the TV channel was like a local where, thing like a local show well, contest like a local thing. and it was you know text this word to da 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 whatever uh, and she did it she 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 texted them the word and they go okay you won <laughs> and she gets messaged by them they call her we, we had to go pick it up now I lived in Colorado at the time and we were getting dumped on heavy crazy ultra snow okay so she couldn't get down there to pick it up right away okay. So finally, you know, we, we scheduled this whole thing. We drive out to the, t- the TV station, drove like an hour and a half. She goes and she's, she's just going to go in there, pick up the PSP and then leave. Okay. She didn't realize that by winning it, they were going to take her picture and put her like, on like, oh, you're the winners. So she's in there and she comes back and she's like, her face is red. She's like, I'm like, mom, what's wrong? She goes, they didn't take a picture. They told me I would be all over TV. <laughs> and sure as, sure as hell for like the next month or so. Her, her holding the PSP box and smiling was on television. Did and I'm assuming she didn't look good because it was like a freaking blizzard out. Oh no, she, she, she my, my mother always go, goes all dressed up. She's oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so she. she so I thought maybe, she, she, I thought maybe she, that's why she was like all like upset no, or something. No, 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 she just she's like all red because she's like oh my god, like oh, okay, 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 okay. But like, like she would have worn like, a, like an even better outfit if that were the case. Yeah. Uh, back to the game, <laughs> but the game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was composed by Takayuki Nakamura. Uh, that, that Brother composed... Nishinsuke? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and Hiro Nakamura. He can stop time. Uh, he's <laughs> he, he's contributed to a few games. Um, Virtual Fighter, uh, Tobol 2, which is bigger out in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's mainly he's really known for the Luminous series. Okay. Uh, and pretty much all his music is very like this, very funky, very out there. And it's awesome. Pretty cool. Pretty. Um, oddly enough, not the only system I've won, not the only system I've gotten multiple copies of. Story to come. Story to come. Okay, okay, okay. Well, let's move on to a console that potentially still to this day is my favorite of all time. And that's because of it, it's either this one or the GameCube, which we didn't pick anything from. But just because of the, the memories I had with it, with me and my grandma. Oh, such a fa- such a favorite system if you can't pick from the GameCube. That's what I'm saying. So it might be the GameCube. But y- when you look at the GameCube launch, really, the, the, the game that sticks out most is Luigi's Mansion. And we already did a whole thing on that for this past sure Halloween. Did. So <laughs> uh, I want to highlight something from the Nintendo 64. And that's Pilot Wing 64. Nice. We, we listened to the crap out of Super Mario 64 on a previous episode. So let's finally highlight some Pilot Wing 64 with a track called Hang Glider.
that was Hang Glider from Pilot Wings 64. The Nintendo 64 released, obviously, on September 29th, 1996. Everyone knows I would eventually get my Nintendo 64 on Christmas Eve 96 at my grandma's house. If you've listened to our stories here on the show, um, obviously, my memories with my grandma are some of the most precious to me. Um, getting the N64 on Christmas Eve at her house, taking it home, hooking it up, playing Super Mario 64 through the night. Um, dude, it was just, it was amazing. Like, I absolutely love my N64. Um, I, I still love it to this day, man. I, I really do. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it, dude. There's just something about that N64. Dude, it's um, a great console, man. Like, like, you have a deep personal connection to it, but it's a great right. console in general. Right. Uh, my other launch game, I did not get Pilot Wing 64 at launch, unfortunately. Um, my friend Tim, who lived across the hall, I lived in an apartment complex. Um, I called him Timmy at the time, but my friend Tim, uh, he, I, and I'm still friends with him to this day, but uh, he, we lived across the hall from each other in this apartment complex, and he got N64 that Christmas as well. He got Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. I got Super Mario 64 in a game that would eventually release in December of that same year, 96, Cruising USA. Those are my two launch. Those are my two games when I got my N64. So him and I, because we both got our N64s, our other friend Brandon, who lived in the other building across the street, because uh, the apartment complex, you know, was on one on both sides of the street. But there are a couple buildings on each side. Uh, he got a um, PlayStation for Christmas that year. So we kind of just had everything. I would get my PlayStation. Um, I, I had my PlayStation already at the time. But, uh, you know, we, we just kind of had everything between the three of us, and it was fun. Those, those are my, my two friends that I played, you know, Madden with, all you know, like GoldenEye. That was just what we did. So, um, But Pilot Wings, I used to play it over at Tim's house in his bedroom uh, with his brother and sister. Just, just awesome. Like, I loved Pilot Wings. I loved the music of that soundtrack. And what a great game it was. Um, I, I'm actually disappointed with myself that I never actually owned it. But, yeah, I never owned Pilot Wings 64. Oh, I wow. never did. But I played the crap out of it, and I played it from start to finish using Tim's copy. Um, nice. You know, I've actually, you know, obviously he borrowed some of my games. I would borrow his games. That's what we did back in that age. But, uh, you know, just just a great time. Uh, it was composed by Dan Hess. Dan Hess literally has uh, one game to his name. And that's Pilot Wings. I, I actually lie. He has one other game, uh, F, F1 World Grand Prix. I didn't see that on the list. Pilot Wings is basically, yeah, his claim to fame. Um, but he did do a track for a show that I know both you and I like. Uh, he he wasn't the main composer for the show, but he did do a track for uh, True Blood on HBO. Oh, Vampires and Titties. Love it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He composed a track for one of the uh, episodes in the uh, True Blood series. So back in 2009. One of the most memorable opening themes of any show of all time. Love it. I love that theme, dude. And that whole intro, like the whole intro video, like the it's just good, dude. That that was a great show until they ma- until they made it stupid. I've never seen it ever. Seasons one, two, and maybe three were really good. The rest were just pure crap. I honestly did stop watching somewhere around three or four. I think I stopped uh, watching after three. Okay, guys. One of my favorite handhelds of all time. Okay. And the game I picked up, I picked up three games this day when the, when the system uh, came out, which I. Got, I actually got it two days after it came out, but it's neither here nor there. Did you have um, it pre-ordered and just picked it up late or just bought it? I, I, no, um, and I'll explain why I got it two days later in just a little bit. Okay. Uh, this is from the Game Boy Advance. This is Rayman Advance, the Candy Run.
And that was the candy run from Rayman Advance on the Game Boy Advance. GBA, uh, baby. I love my G. My aunt bought me my GBA for Christmas one year. Loved it. Now you asked, did I pre-order it? No, I didn't pre-order it. Because uh, this, this system came out June 11th, 2001. My birthday. Just Doesn't somebody have 13th. a birthday on June 13th? There, there you go. My birthday was June 13th. So I used my birthday money. Yeah. To go out and buy myself a Game Boy Advance. Wait, your 70th birthday is less than a month away? Uh, 2001 would be my 19th birthday. No, no, no. Uh, your, your 70th birthday is less than a month away. No, your math sucks. <laughs> so I bought it's, three games. It's May 14th. It's your May 14th. 70th birthday is less than a month away. I. It's May 15th, my back, actually. My, my back is hurting me, so today I'm walking like I'm 70, so I'll let you have that. Actually, it's uh, May 16th. I didn't have a calendar pulled up. I just kind of just took a stab at the date of what the, what Wednesday's episode would be. Brian, quit doing drugs. Uh, the reason so I, I say you're 70 looks like you're about to keel over and die. I just said my back hurts so much that I feel like I'm 70. So I bought three games that day. Yeah. I bought Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Great game. I bought Super Mario Advance. <laughs> One of the... I'm, I'm, a must own. I was disappointed, to be honest. I really? thought for sure. I thought it was going to be a new game. Oh. I, I, I bought it on his name alone. You, so, you, so you've always been stupid like that then? It's Super Mario. You could you could tell me anything with the word Super Mario on it. Nintendo normally puts out a good product. But what, I'm saying but, was a, but what I'm saying is you've always been stupid about re-releases. Yes. Uh, oh, that's a, that's definitely a trend. Whenever a new system comes out, I always get a dumb game with it. Well, this no, because what I'm saying is like re-releases because you hate when companies put out the same games over and over. Oh, of course. So, so what I'm saying is you've always been like that because I don't mind it. No, I, first of all, I like Super Mario too a lot, so mm -hmm. it wasn't the biggest disappointment I just I thought it would be a brand new game in the series yeah that's fine so I got that and I got Rayman and mm -hmm. uh, Rayman was, was was a fun game uh, composed by the guy who does all the music for Rayman and that's uh, all Rayman he does right that's all he ever really yeah. does yeah, he's actually he's actually put out a full like orchestrated album too of him yeah. doing all the Rayman music yeah it was kickstarted it was kickstarted um, I probably have the, I actually did it was one of my successful kickstarters so I have that CD somewhere really yeah um I think I paid. I think it was like sixteen bucks to get in. So it was. It was. It was a normal price of buying a CD. Nice. It's. I, I love the music from Rayman. I love Rayman in general. I would love Rayman to make his comeback. I even said like he'd be a great a third party character to show up like in the new Smash Brothers. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. But uh, yeah, like I said, it just takes me back. Like I, said, I was nineteen years old. I uh, just moved to Colorado. Uh, me looking for a brand new game store. Because uh, I I lived pretty much in desolation. There was there was no readily available stores for me to buy video games. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually made an hour and forty five minute trip at the time because it was you know I, or, 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 sorry it was about forty five minutes maybe an hour to Denver where I went ahead and bought this game. Okay. Um, and the system, and then another you know, hour forty five minutes to get back home. Right. Which sucks because you want to play right away, and I'm the one driving, so I can't ha I can't have someone drive while I play and enjoy my game. Yeah. Uh, since then, I've been an avid member of Amazon Prime. <laughs> just dropping. Yeah, you, you just, don't say. Just drop it off on my front door. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> right? Why would you? I know it's, it's it is what it is, you know. So, but I I love this game. I have it somewhere too. I I have saved all of my my Game Boy Advance games. And yeah. Um, what's really Rayman games are generally pretty good in general. Like I, I really liked, except for like the Raving Rabbits games, which I was never a huge fan of. Um, the Rayman games were generally pretty good in and of itself. Like I liked them, I liked them. So we need we need a new Rayman. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Rayman Legends was amazing. I think it's time for a new Rayman. Maybe a new Rayman will get announced at E3 this year from Ubisoft. It's possible. That would be awesome. It's and possible. They can pretty much just put me down for a pre-order right now. and I'll. Yeah, nothing, nothing that we neither of us predicted either. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty uh, cool. Let's go ahead and take a look at my next track. I got three left for you today. Frank has three left as well. Let's take a listen to my next pick. It's from a console, again, that I have a lot of memories with from the Sega Dreamcast. When the Sega Dreamcast launched, obviously, uh, I was going through a bit of the chicken pox. I, and I got the chicken pox late. I got the chicken pox at 13 years old. Um, and, I, and I remember telling the story about how my mom, you know, I, I had to stay home from school for like two weeks because I had it bad. And when you get it when you're older, you get it bad. So I had a bad case of the chicken pox. It took me out of action for a while. And because this console released and the time I had the chicken pox, my mom felt sorry for me and bought me the console. So I got the Dreamcast on launch day, September 9th, 1999, with four games. Nice. She actually bought four games with me as well. I think she got a bonus at work around that time, so she just kind of went crazy on me. Uh, the first game, obviously, was Sonic Adventure. Um, the next game was Soul Calibur. The third game, the third game was Ready to Rumble Boxing. The fourth game is the game that I'm going to play a track from, and that's Power Stone. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Londo Stage. And that was Londo Stage from Power Stone. A great game. I'm surprised. You've never played Power Stone? Who said that? Oh, you have played it. I played Power Stone. Okay, I was going to say, it's a freaking 3D arena fighting game. It's like right up your alley. No, I said it was a great game. Okay, great okay. Game. 
Okay, yeah. well, you, you tried to tell me to pick something from Soul Calibur while you're listening to well, it. Well, you do know how much I love Soul Calibur. That's, I know. That's why I say that. I know. Uh, obviously, the big marketing thing about the Dreamcast release on September 9th, 1999. $9,999, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, Powers, like I said, those four games that I had, Power Stone, obviously by one of your favorite publishers of all time, IDOS Interactive, um, and, and obviously Capcom as well. But... Uh, Dude, just a, just a freaking great game. <laughs> Funny enough, the next game I would own on the Dreamcasts would be South Park Chef Love Shack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. That year for Christmas in 99, I would eventually get uh, NBA 2K and WWF Attitude, which kind of made me fall in love with the uh, 2K sports games over yes. the EA stuff, uh, especially the NFL's 2K games. Those games are great back on the Dreamcast. Uh, and then in two, 2000, would roll around, I would get actual uh, ECW Hardcore Revolution, which was a stinker. That game sucked. Um, I got Crazy Taxi on my birthday because it came out January 24th, 2000, which is when my birthday is. Um, I would eventually get... What else did I get that year on the Dreamcast? I know I got for Christmas, I got um, Shenmue, which came out in November of 2000, and um, Skies of Arcadia, which came out in November of 2000 as well. Two great games that that really held me over for months. Uh, The Dreamcast, I really feel like, was ahead of its time. I really feel. Oh, I, I I picked up Demolition Racer as well because I love Demolition Derby games, uh, and I don't feel like they make enough of them, and and I think that's like a glaring hole that's missing in the in the industry right now is demo derby games. I think they're fun, but uh, the Dreamcast was ahead of its time because it, you know it just it it could connect to the internet. It had an internet service well before any of this kind of stuff happened. Um, it was the first console you could actually plug an Ethernet cable into and actually download things and connect to an internet and. At a time when not even, you know, not even too many households had access to the Internet. So it was just the Dreamcast, unfortunately, was doomed to fail. It didn't even make it on the market. Was it like two years? I think it was that the Dreamcast failed, which was the final nail in Sega's coffin for for consoles. And it's just unfortunate because the Dreamcast is a fantastic console. And I feel like it deserved more. I do. But is what it is. Well, oh, and it, was, it was hang on. It was no, 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 no. Okay. That, I bring it back. That was composed by Tetsuya Shibata. Uh, Tetsuya Tabata, definitely uh, a name you're going to recognize. Not only did he do uh, Power Stone, but he's also the guy behind the entire Monster Hunter franchise. He's the guy behind Devil May Cry. He's got a lot and, of good stuff. And I think he, I think he uh, also res- wrestled uh, Tetsuya Naito once. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's, got, he, he, he's, done some, he's done some work on uh, Street Fighter as well. And Final Fantasy XV, surprisingly. Good game. It is a good game. My next console, well... Not a good console. Okay. In fact, only had 14 games made for it. Okay. Because because it was an add-on peripheral to an expensive-ass system. This is the cover of the port... Sorry. The port version of Myst's Echinar Steve on the Atari Jaguar CD.
that was Eknar's theme, also known as the Channel Wood Age, mm-hmm. from Mist on the Atari Jaguar CD. Surprised that you picked a Mist track, a game that you, a franchise you don't like. Oh, you get out of here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian, as Brian and I were actually talking off the air. Yeah. Uh, a system neither of us had. Nope. For for a reason, a damn good reason. Uh, the Jaguar itself in, came out in '93. Yeah. At a at a price of two hundred and forty nine dollars ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. More expensive than anything else out there in the market. Yep. Uh, they at, announced at the time the, I was happy with my SNES and Genesis, dude. Before the game, before the console even came out, Atari announced that there was going to be a CD-ROM add-on. Yes. The Jaguar, the Jaguar CD came out September twenty first, nineteen ninety five, mm-hmm. for one hundred and forty nine ninety five. Yeah. So yeah, so we're talking now a four hundred bucks, five hundred, four hundred dollars system. Yeah, four hundred dollars system. Um, yeah, and. Get out of here, Atari! That's why you failed! This was their last system, you, wasn't it? This was their last system. This was their last... Their last until, until next year. Yeah. With the VCS. Like I said, only 14 games on the system, most of which were ports. Yeah. Uh, they had the port of Dragon's Lair, uh, Mist, Primal Rage, Space Age. Uh, exclusive games, they had Baldies and Battle Morph, which uh, ended up getting ported later on. Baldies. Is that a game about a bald guy? Mm-hmm. Is it really? Of course it is. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, Mist was composed by Robin Miller. She's also done, uh, also done, also did Riven. Go figure. All the Mist games, though. All the Mist games. Um, love it. I love everything about Mist. I love puzzle games. Tune in this Friday night at twitch.tv slash games. Frank and I are going to be doing a co-op version of Lake Ridden. That's what it's called, right? Or Lake Hidden? I don't know. Lake, Lake Ridden. Lake Ridden, which is a new puzzle game, kind of in the style of Mist. Not a co-op game, though. It's a single-player game. We're going to be playing it simultaneously at the same time. That's what that means. Simultaneously. And Frank's basically just going to be telling me how to do these puzzles. I'm terrible at the games. You totally stole my thunder there. I was going to actually plug that. Oh, were you? Uh, I didn't think you would. I, I didn't think you would. I didn't think okay, you would. Well, We're going to do, be doing you, it Friday, Friday and Saturday night. Is what, is what our plan is. Yeah, uh, ideally, we should be able to hopefully knock this out in the weekend. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, what, a nine, ten hour game? I, I mean, we can't yeah. do that overnight on a Friday because we have to get up early and record Saturday mornings. But uh, we can probably knock out like four or five hours Friday and then finish it Saturday night. And it'll, be, it'll be fun to see Brian struggle to, to, to do some puzzles, so. Yeah, um, and and that's like I said. Obviously, one of the one of the reasons why the developer gave us the game is because they wanted it streamed on our on our Twitch channel. So I'll definitely be doing that. But Frank is the puzzle guy. So basically, how we're gonna do it, I guess, is uh, when we start out, you're just gonna tell me which direction you're going, and I'm gonna go in the same direction as you. And we're gonna do the puzzles. And you know, ideally, what I'd like to do is help one another solve the puzzles. But yeah. real realistically, it's gonna be you telling me how to solve these puzzles. I bet. What I'll do is uh, we'll get to a puzzle. And I'll shut my mouth for a little bit. Let you, let you take a stab at it. Yeah. I'll do my own stab. If I solve it and you can't do it, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. If you solve it and I can't figure it out, I'll let you know. Tell me what you did. I'll let you know. Yep. This way, this way, it'll preserve, preserve the single player essence because you know me. And, 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 and I don't know that anyone's ever done that before <laughs> on Twitch where they played a single player game and made it a co-op game. So we're definitely going to do that. We'll just jump in the old, the level down games, discord channel, because I've been using That's... discord for voice chat now over, over Skype, just because it, it's easier for games. So that's how you force multiplayer into a game. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. All right. 
Oh, I got two more I'm, songs. I'm left. glad you were going to plug that though. I didn't think you were actually you would actually plug that. So for people to enjoy the uh, the, the Frank experience, of course. They won't even get to see you. Maybe you will, we might have to put you on camera for that one, dude. I guess I could do that. We may have to put uh, you on cam for that. Do I have to wear pants? No, because you can't see your bottom half. There we go. <laughs> Ladies. We might have to put you on cam for that so people can actually see you. All right. Two tracks left each. I'm going to a system that I actually don't like. And that's really? the Nintendo Wii. I don't like the Wii. You know that. I hate the Wii. Uh, but I'm going to go to a launch game that is phenomenal. And it's a franchise that I wish would return from one of my favorite developers of all time. Excite Truck? No. My favorite oh. developers of all time is Atlas. Let's narrow it down a little bit. What launched on the Wii from Atlas? Well, a little game called Trauma Center Second Opinion. Let's Great take game. a listen to St. Francis Hospital. Good pick. And that was St. Francis Hospital from Trauma Center Second Opinion on the Nintendo Wii. The Nintendo Wii launched on November 19th, 2006, and would be hard to find for like the next two years. The Wii craze was real back in 06 and 07, man. The Wii craze was uh, real. What, what day did it come out? 
November 19th, 2006. I had a Wii on November 20th, 2006 without pre-ordering. I had a Wii on November 19th, 2006 with a pre-order because I worked at GameStop. Yeah. But I've seen people come in and out of GameStop for like the next month or three months or seven months trying to get a oh, Wii. Oh, they were and you impossible. couldn't find it. It was, it was like were, the Switch at the initial launch of the Switch. They were you absolutely find impossible. Them. They were impossible to find. I got mine on a fluke. Mm-hmm. What happened was I was in Costco at the time and they brought a whole pallet of them out. They didn't mean to That's put them out right. on the floor. That's right. You told us before. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't mean to put them on the floor. Uh, and the second I got there, I was the first one like, doink, grabbed yeah. one. You actually did it exactly like you did last time, too. You even said doink. Uh, there's li- hey, it's what happens. <laughs> I, just, just goes to show you, though, I don't lie when it comes to this story. <laughs> no, I know. You literally tell it the same way. But mine, came, mine came bundled with uh, Zelda and Excite Truck. But mm-hmm. I did end up buying this game. Great soundtrack. No, I my Wii was obviously sold standalone because I got it from GameStop as a pre-order without a bundle forced upon me. Um, but I picked up a ton of games at launch. But again, I was not a fan of the Wii. I hate motion controls. Literally cannot stand it. I think it's the bane of the video game's existence. I hate motion controls. So can't stand it. I hate actual games that use motion controls. But my, but my grandma played the Wii. Don't care. Sorry, Grams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grams. Um, the reason that I like Trauma Center so much, though, obviously because it is Atlas, and it was basically done by the Persona team. You listen to that track, you hear Persona. At least I do. I hear Persona through and through in that track. Uh, it was composed by Shoji Megaro. Obviously, he's the guy behind the Shimagami series. He's the guy behind Persona. He's the guy behind Catherine. He's the guy behind Trauma Center. I mean, it's just, dude, he's one of the, he's the, he's the Atlas composer. And he's amazing at everything that he does. I absolutely love it. Everything he makes is amazing. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of him. We are eventually going to do a spotlight episode on him eventually. We have, we have to. No, we are. We 100% are. But that that episode is going to be filled with SMT, Persona, Trauma Center, and Catherine. Legit, that's <laughs> all you're going to hear in the, in the spotlight episode for Shoji Megaro. You, you happen to know how much I love the game, Catherine, so... I know. You know I'll be picking quite a few tracks. I know, I know. So that, but legit, that's all we're going to listen to on the episode of Shoji Megaro is four games, because that's it. Or, well, four franchises. Uh, we'll definitely yeah. spread it out between SMT and Persona. Um, but Trauma Center, dude, criminally underrated, it needs to return. There's still a I'm, place in the industry I'm, for Trauma Center. I'm surprised it wasn't as big as, it, you know, I loved it. I've pl- I had the one on the, on the, the DS. I, also I had, had the one that. on the DS. I had the one on the Wii. Because um, there was, what, two on the DS and one on the Wii, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And second, they, they, second they, they opinion. Could totally, they could totally do this for the Switch. They could. They need to. Atlas really needs to do it for the Switch. Atlas needs to make a new Trauma Center for the Switch, and they need to make uh, a new Tokyo Mirage Sessions for the Switch. Those are the two games they need to put on the Nintendo Switch. Um, crazy that they haven't done Trauma Center um, because the last Trauma Center game released in 2010, and it wasn't even Trauma Center. That was Trauma Team on the Wii. It was still Atlas. It was still composed by Shoji Megaro. But um, Trauma Team is the last actual game in the, in the in the Trauma Center franchise. And it's just crazy because they had one in 05, 06, 07, 08. It almost seemed like it was going to yeah. be a yearly thing. And then they took 09 off, released Trauma Team in 2010, and that was it, dude. That was it. And it just sucks because I get it. All these games, they take advantage of the motion controls of the Wii. They take advantage of the stylus controls on the DS. But you could still do something with either the, the Joy-Cons. Even though I would hate motion controls, you could do something with the Joy-Cons or just let me play the game with a traditional freaking pro controller how I want to play this game. But there is still a place for this game in the industry. They need to bring back Trauma Center, dude. Needs to happen. After all the lives I've saved, it's the least you owe to me is to bring this game back. 
what if dude i can't get it like these games are special these games are good I love these games. These games are special. I, actually, I didn't even realize you were a fan. I thought I was yeah, alone. No, 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 no. These games are special. Okay. These games are special. I, I feel like we're bonding here. Like, I didn't realize <laughs> you like these games. I, I played them all. All right. I own them all still to this day. Even Trauma I, Team. I, I'm sh I, I don't have Trauma Team, but I'm pretty sure I can dig them all out if I tried. Mm -hmm. All right. So how about we go to a console that I used to love? <laughs> they did me dirty. They broke my heart. And I no longer like. Someone that, game that someone that you used to know. Somebody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to reset my gamer score? <laughs> yeah. You said I cheated, but I didn't because I don't know how to. Okay. This is from a game that I actually didn't pick up at launch. I got this pretty much towards the end when it was on sale for about three or four bucks. Okay. Which doesn't make sense because this game is awesome. This is The Badlands from Cameo Elements of Power on the Xbox 360. And that was the Badlands from Cameo Elements of Power on the Xbox 360, which is a garbage system, and I hope it dies. It's a good track, dude. That's a good no, track. It's a good track. It was a good system. I just, I'm bitter still with Microsoft. Uh, the uh, Xbox 360 was my system of choice for the longest time. Yeah, for the longest time. I had that over the PS. Obviously, I eventually gravitated towards the PS3 about halfway through the cycle uh, because obviously the Sony has always had the games I want to play. Microsoft has certain games I want to play, like Halo, Gears of War. Mm -hmm fable to an extent but that's really all they have in my opinion i mean rare doesn't put anything out good anymore on the xbox i mean the sea of thieves is very meh i mean the banjo kazooie nuts and bolts was just 
ooh, like, I don't know, Rare just hasn't been rare in the longest time, and, like, Microsoft just ha lost the first-party appeal to me. I mean, now, and now, specifically, all their games come out on PC. I don't need to have an Xbox. They I don't. used to be the system, man. They, they were... did. They did. Or they were, but they're no longer. In fact, uh, me and Brian were talking about this. Uh, this game, Cameo Elements of Power, holds a bit of a record for being prolonged and spanned across four different consoles during its <laughs> yeah. development. <laughs> yeah. It's, dude, this game started development on the Nintendo 64. On the N64, uh, it was going to end up on the GameCube. Yep. It was actually also planned for the initial Xbox. <laughs> the, reason, the, the reason why it got planned for the Xbox is because when it was in development on the GameCube, that's when Microsoft bought Rare from Nintendo. So yeah. they, and the Xbox was still the console. So they're like, okay, we'll just book you on the Xbox. And then through many delays, the Xbox 360 came out and they're like, well, finally, we're gonna have to put this game out somewhere. So I'm literally shocked this game ever made it onto the market, to be honest. It's crazy because it, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't. Um, at all. It just, it didn't sell well. It did not so well. I but I did buy this. Now I will say I did not get my Xbox 360 at launch because it launched in November, right? Yeah. Um, November 360 05. was November fifteenth, two thousand five. Uh, yeah, November twenty second, two thousand five is what I have. Was that the UK date? I don't know. Who knows? Um, but uh, I did not pick it up right away because there was nothing that really grabbed my attention that I needed to have right away. I eventually bought my Xbox 360 in the spring of 2006 when the Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion came out. And when I bought the 360, I got it with Oblivion. I got it with Cameo Elements of Power. I got it with Perfect Dark Zero, Project Gotham Racing 3. I think that was it. I think those are the four games I picked up with the 360. I honestly can't even remember the games I picked up, but Cameo wasn't one of them. Like I said, I got Cameo at the very, very end of the cycle. You didn't buy Perfect Dark Zero when it came out on launch? I don't think so. Hmm. The, two, crazy, the, two, the two rare games you didn't buy. It was just crazy. Uh, but yeah, this game was actually planned to have a sequel, believe it or not. But yeah, but those those were quickly shot. <laughs> it, got can it got canceled because Microsoft was working more towards making games for the Kinect, which is a great idea, Microsoft. And then Microsoft would eventually start making games that were all just built around multiplayer and F the single player experience. F it. F it hard. Save player one. F it hard. Quote Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this game was composed by Steve Burke mm -hmm. uh, from Rare, mm -hmm. of course. Yep. Um, he's done everything you can think of from Rare, you know, top to bottom. He's also pitched in with a uh, ukulele. He's one of the guys who, uh, you know, left. Went to, went to Platonic, yeah. Yep. Um, I, Rightfully I, so. Platonic is the Rare we I was, all deserve. I, I was going to say... Uh, Definitely made the right move there. <laughs> yeah, definitely made the right move. Might move, not right move. Right move. Yeah, but uh, like I said, a great track. I love it. Of course, this is a very frank track. You hear chanting, you hear this, mm -hmm. you hear that. Good but track. That's, that's my Jimmy Jam. Jimmy, Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Johns, Brock Lesnar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have one track left. And in my opinion, obviously, I played a great track with the uh, Shoji Miguero St. Francis Opera from Trauma Center. But I feel like I saved the best for last. So we're going to go to the PlayStation 1. Ooh. We're going to go to a game that I'm not sure you've ever played, but I'd be shocked mm -hmm. if you didn't, and that's Battle Arena Toshenden. The track is Alice's Theme. <laughs> Oh, 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 
and that was Ellis's theme from Battle Arena Toshinden on the PlayStation 1, which released September 9th, 1995. Battle Arena Toshinden was composed by Yasuhiro Nakano, who composed the music for Battle Arena Toshinden. And he also did Battle <laughs> Arena Toshinden too. Legit, that's it. Only games he ever composed were those two games. Um, that was a badass rocking dude. Tune. I love that. Dude, that whole game, like, it doesn't get enough recognition for really being one of the original fighting games that started, like, the 3D fighting, well, not 3D fighting, but, like, you know, the, the new style of fighting games that we would come to know with, like, Soul Calibur and Smash Brothers and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Like, Battle Arena Toshinden, I feel like it's it gets looked over quite often, and obviously you found out that there was a Game Boy version of that game, which you've heard of. So it's just it's just weird that the game didn't really do as well as I feel like it should have. It was a fun game. Now, I didn't get my PlayStation one on September 9th, 1995. I got it for Christmas in 1995. My mom got a few for Christmas that year. The four games I got for Christmas that year. Battle Arena to Shenden, One Extreme, which is when I was kind of getting into those, you know, the like the BMX skateboarding weird games, like which would eventually get popularized by Tony Hawk. Um, one Extreme, Battle Arena to Shenden, Gex, which came out in December of 1995. I do like Gex. And Jumping Flash were the four games that I had on the PlayStation original. I don't know, dude. This this whole soundtrack is rocking. Um, I'm going to be picking more from it because I legit forgot about the soundtrack to Battle Arena to Shenden until I decided to go back and look for launch titles for this episode and remembered about Battle Arena to Shenden. I still own this game to this day. Uh, I may go back and play it sometime soon because this game is just it's it's I think it's good, man. I think it's good. And it got an 85 percent um, over overall score on game rankings. Uh, most publications gave it anywhere from like a, a seven to a ten. A, a, a couple people gave it a ten. Electric Plague. 10 out of 10. Uh, it, it was, Famitsu gave it a 10 out of 10. So nice. It's uh, it was it was a decent game, but yeah, man, I don't and, know. And, and, and a good system too. I got it very late. In, in, yeah. Uh, oh, cycle. see, I, I got it right away. I had to have it, dude. I had uh, to have it. I I I've been a Sony boy since day one, dude. I have been. Uh, obviously, Sony and Nintendo are my what, two consoles. What, what year was PS One? PS One ninety five. Ninety five. Wow. Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't get it until late ninety nine. Oh, wow. Okay. So, right. The PS2 came out in 2000. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, last thing I want to say about Battle of the Shenden. <laughs> Sony actually promoted it as a Sega Saturn killer, which you didn't really need to do because they put up Battle of the Shenden against Sega's Virtua Fighter. So. But That's again, true. you really didn't have to pit anything as a Saturn killer because Sega was killing the Saturn by itself. RIP makes me sad. Back to the PS2. There you go for my final game, my final pick, uh, the PlayStation 2. Mm -hmm. uh, it came out October 26, 2000. Yeah. Uh, and I had a pretty decent array of games when this came out. Okay. So uh, I, I had bought uh, DOA 2. Okay. Of course I did. Dynasty Warriors 2. Okay. Again, of course I did. Madden NFL 2001. NHL 2001. Ready to rumble boxing. Ready, uh, ready to rumble boxing. That's what I bought on the Dreamcast. Uh, it was ready to rumble boxing uh, round two. I had yeah. SSX, the uh, the snowboarding game, mm -hmm. and the game that I picked from, Time Splitters. Yeah, Time Splitters is a game I had for sure. Yep. All right. Uh, 
I didn't yeah. get my PS2 until spring of 2001, though, because the PS2 was also hard to find when it first came out. So I didn't get my PS2 until it first came out. I, I had I had time splitters, uh, but the reason I got my PS2 was for Dark Cloud, and I've told that story before. Ah, uh, no, no, you ready for this? I had it on launch date. Okay, awesome. However, I did not get to play it until Christmas. Ah, how, how, yeah. How horrible is that? That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so mom bought it mm-hmm. as a, as a present, and I could and I knew of all these games. I, so I actually we we bought a couple of them there. Mm-hmm. So I, the thing about it, I had these games. I, the games I bought didn't have to go under the Christmas tree because I bought them. Yeah. The game the games that she bought went under the tree, and this whole time, so we're talking October, November, is at three months, mm-hmm. almost three months of the day, because October twenty sixth. I cannot wait to play these games. Right. It's, it was pure brutal torture. <laughs> how dare you do that to a to a child? Actually, it was yeah. 18, so I'm not a child. Uh, but how dare you do that to me? Right. Um, a couple. What's funny is like there there were a couple other games I picked up when I because I had Dark Cloud, I had Time Splitters, but I also picked up um, the Bouncer. If you remember that game, which was a uh, an RPG from Square Enix, I also picked up. Um, oh, what was it called? What was it called? What was it called? Kessen. Kessen. Because I, I remember talking extensively about Kessen one, two, and three on the show before. Because I love and Kessen obviously is in the same um, the same era and franchise and umbrella as Romance of the Three Kingdoms and the total like the you know the Three Kingdoms era that kind of stuff. Liu Bei the, those those characters those characters. Nah, but it's, it, it was it had an impressive lineup in general. I mean, it had Summoner, which uh, it did. just recently got picked up. It got did. picked up by THQ Nordic pretty recently. Yeah, yeah, it did. It sure did. Uh, but uh, so, this, so the song I picked from Time Splitters is the Chinese Restaurant. This is composed by Graham Norgate from Rare, of course. Because free, 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 free Radical, I remember talking extensively about because Free Radical is, and that that makes more sense now because Free Radical is made up of developers that used to be from Rare. They all left Rare and went and made Free Radical. Because of Graham Norgate, you, uh, I know him best for Goldeneye. Yeah. You know, yep. it, obviously, it's obviously a lot of rare stuff, but Time Splitters 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, his most recent game was uh, Homefront, The Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I love using Graham Norgate. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Free Radical, they're, they're no longer... They, they got closed down in 2014. Yeah. Because they eventually became Crytek UK, and they did Crisis 2 and 3. Um, so I mean they were they were still active as of the you know the, the 2011 2013 time period but they get they did get shuttered in 2014 with them the a majority of the staff went over to the newly formed Damn Buster Studios which you just mentioned made the terrible Homefront the Revolution yeah <laughs> awful awful game awful awful game unfortunate that that studio fell so far from time splitters to a crap show with Homefront the Revolution absolutely terrible. Absolutely but, uh, terrible, but so, it's a great so, track. It's, it's a it's a great track. So so we are going to close out with Time Splitters, uh, the Chinese restaurant. But uh, Brian, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and take us home? Yep. Before I do that, though, I want to give a quick shout out. I want to give a quick shout out to our friends in the VGM podcast fan group. One of them in particular, but obviously the the entire podcast, the Super Marcato Brothers, because they recently put out a album that I absolutely love. It's called Hero of Legend, and it's basically inspired by the 8-bit adventures that you find within the Legend of Zelda franchise. And it's it's an entirely original composition album, 17 tracks done by Marty Will and Carl Brueggemann. I highly recommend if you like video game music, which you obviously do if you're listening to this podcast, if you like the Legend of Zelda, 
check this out. This is amazing. Frank and I both bought it. So, yeah. yeah we, Great we, album. Yeah, I, we, I, I gladly bought this album. Yeah, yeah we, we both we both bought this album. It's available at their uh, their Bandcamp website, supermarcadobros.bandcamp.com. I highly recommend checking out. The album's called Hero of Legend. It's volume one. I'm assuming that means there will be more volumes in the future because this is just the 8-bit adventures through this fictional land that they made up. Um, what is it called? Uh, Hyroika? Hiroika. Yeah, Hiroika, this fictional land they made up. Uh, they have this whole story. It's really, really cool. Prince Koji, shout out to Koji Kondo. Um, you know, the, these guys are just huge, you know, video game fans like we are. So I want to give them a shout out and I want to try to give them a little bit of a bump to this album. Uh, I, I, I really don't think we have nearly as many listeners as they do. But if we have any, you know, in, unique listeners that they don't have, first of all, check out their podcast, Super Marcado Brothers. And second of all, go to their Bandcamp and buy this album because it's incredible. But uh, I, I do think we'll go ahead and close out the show now, now that we've uh, now that we've done all that. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of BG Mania. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, BG Mania is uploaded on iTunes, Google Play and Stitcher every Wednesday, leaving us a rating and a review. If you haven't already done so, definitely helps us in terms of search results. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at BG Mania at leveldowngames.com with those requests. We're always taking more additional requests for radio hours and our themed week episodes if we would have got some van tracks for launch titles we would have put them in there we didn't get any though unfortunately we didn't get any if you're interested in supporting us here at level down games we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on itunes and google play as well as the description box on all of our youtube videos we've got amazon technisport gaming chairs origin pc and new razor supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us to stay up to date on all things level down games be sure to subscribe to us on youtube you can find our main account over on twitter at original ldg I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank's at the Frankosaurus. Once again, we can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at twitch.tv slash games for our live streams, which are happening five, six, and sometimes even seven days a week. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by. And remember, if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch and leave us that review on iTunes. We will send you one, two, or maybe even more crappy Steam games from Frank's ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Just take the damn games already. <laughs> Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. And Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, top 10 series, revisiting the classics, the first hour, unboxings, let's plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home internet, and hopefully yours as well, the newly redesigned leveldowngames.com. Go check it out. I need feedback. I want you to go there. Again, leveldowngames.com. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. The main design is there. Obviously, the it's still a work in progress. Some of the pages are blank, but uh, the main design is there. I, I want you to know if there's something I should change, or if there's something that you like, just tell me, and I'll, I'll focus on that more. But I want some feedback. Next week, we're going to be returning to our series episodes with The Legend of Zelda. Speaking of the uh, Super Mario Brothers Hero Legend album, we'll be doing The Legend of Zelda Part 6 next week, where we'll be taking a look at 10 tracks from one of my personal favorite Zelda games, The, the, the Wind Waker, and... Another great Zelda game, Twilight Princess. So we'll have 10 tracks each from The Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. It's going to be a good episode. It'll be fun. There's some great music between those two games. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have the Chinese restaurant from Time Splitters on the PlayStation 2. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.
Hey there, Brian here from the BG Mania Video Game Music Podcast. Want to talk to you real quick about E3 2018. It's happening in literally less than a month. Level Down Games is going to have full coverage of E3, and it all kicks off Saturday, June 9th, with a live recording of our Max Level Podcast. Now, for those that don't know, the Max Level Podcast is our video game podcast, which uploads every Monday on podcast services and YouTube. We're going to be doing a live recording of the Max Level Podcast Saturday morning on the East Coast. It will be in the AM. As soon as we're done with that, we're moving right into our EA pre-show conference, followed by our coverage, live reactions, and full coverage of the EA E3 2018 press conference, followed by a post-show and then a gaming session. That all continues on Sunday, June 10th with coverage of Microsoft, Bethesda, and maybe Devolver Digital. We'll continue on Monday with the PC gaming show, Square Enix, Ubisoft, and Sony. And we'll cap off our coverage of E3 2018 with Nintendo on Tuesday. We hope that you guys will join us. We're putting a lot of effort and work into our coverage of E3 this year. We hope that you guys will tune out, whether it's just for the live recording of the Max Level podcast or whether it's for the entire weekend to see our coverage of E3 2018. Have a good one. We'll see you next week here on BG Mania.